Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Coming up in this edition of TV Black Box, ABC staff say, show me the money. But are they out of touch? Channel 10 throws a lavish launch party but doesn't invite the media. And we'll find out what everyone's been watching when we open the TV binge box. Welcome to the podcast where people in the industry get their news. It is, of course, TV Black Box. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is TV Black Box, bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry. Hello and welcome to TV Black Box. I'm Rob McKnight. Joining us tonight is TV presenter David Robbo Robinson. Hello, David. Hello there, Rob. Great to be with you to talk about all things television. <laughs> also with us is TV Black Box producer Abby Mickelson. Hello, Abby. Hello, Rob. Um, I am recording today on the land of the Gadigal people and I just want to acknowledge and pay my respects to them. Aren't they lucky? Also tonight, <laughs> instead of Mock, no. Mock's away, so the boys and girl will play, we brought back TV Black Box favourite. It's the one and only Dan Bennett. Hello, Dan. Hello, gang. Yay. Well, it's been a minute. It's good to be back. <laughs> Dan, what have you been up to? Oh, Rob, it's been a very busy start to the year, actually. Some big news to announce in the next few weeks. Can't Ooh. say it just yet, but I promise TV Black Box will get the exclusive when in, when the time comes. Some really exciting stuff, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, we'll hold you to that. Hey, last week I talked about the Crow Call, mm-hmm. and it's been an interesting week in regards to the Crow Call because I said it wasn't online. Well, the great listeners of TV Black Box have been hunting. Now they have found a crow call. I am of the opinion that this is not the actual crow call, but let's have a listen. Now nourish your hair and beautify your hair the way nature meant it to be. Use them twice a week and don't forget Seedle's hair conditioner, will you? Because it really works wonders on damaged hair. Oh, a little tight. I, I couldn't resist. I did a little crow noise. There. <laughs> so, guys, you will notice a distinct lack of F in there. I don't think that that clip, which was in the Ray Martin special he did with Graham Kennedy, that has been sent to me by multiple people, I don't think that's the one. So I went to Channel 9 and I said, do you have the crow call? Yes, they said, it'll be in the archives. Can I have it, I asked. And I can exclusively reveal, they said no. Oh, <laughs> oh, come <laughs> on. <to> climax. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did try to point out this is a moment of historical importance <laughs> for Australian television. And I got the sweet FA. Mm. Can, I, can I say something about this? No other network has a moment quite like that where you could... Mm 
ask about it across uh, generations and people would have an idea of what it is. Mm. I think this is a missed opportunity once again um, from people who are in television but don't love and appreciate television. I, I talk about Ooh. this most weeks. Um, this is a moment that is connected to Nine. It's a great moment. It's a moment that would go without any kind of, you know, this is a moment that would go without any kind of acknowledgement now. But it was huge then and Nine Ooh. owns it. Why don't they own it now? Here's what they could do, Robbo. Don't give me the exclusive. That's fine. Do it as a current affair story. Own it. You could totally do it as a, it was the moment that, you know, Adelaide pulled the plug. Graham Kennedy was never allowed to do live TV again. It suits their demo. It, you can get, you know, as TV people involved in the conversation and, and put the clip up once and for all. The version we have there is a Sedell shampoo. Now, the law, everything that I've read up on over the past week says it was Sedell hairspray. Now, it's still the same brand. So maybe this is the crow call. I just don't think it is because it lacks that distinct fuck, fuck, fuck. So maybe there's someone out there who does have the real clip. If, in fact, I'm right, maybe that is the clip that we just played. I'll play it again. Works wonders on damaged hair. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that is the real clip. I don't think it is. No, I think from my memory, the original clip was very distinctly, I think from memory three, Fox um, oh. in a row. So it was it was really quite distinctive. I've, we've seen it on um, some of the Graham Kennedy uh, retrospective specials. I think it even played on one of the Burt Newton ones in the last sort of few years. It's been, it's done the rounds. I've seen it, but we can't find it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I haven't seen the original one, so I'm obviously not the authority on this. But it would not surprise me if that was the original one and people's memories of it have been altered over mm. time. That happens all the time. The fact that it was a shampoo versus yep. a hairspray, like it's very that close. kind of detail can really mm. be changed. Yeah. And like Dan's memory of it being like, fuck, 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 is different <laughs> from your memory of it anyway. Yeah. So like everyone's kind of got a different version of it. So that could very well be the original clip. You might be right, Abby Mickelson, and I don't say that often. (laughs) 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 All right, let's get into it, because after 19 complaints and an investigation by the ABC Ombudsman, no less, the ABC has conceded that their radio report on the unrest in Alice Springs did, in fact, breach standards of impartiality and accuracy. Managing Director David Anderson stated that the systems and processes in place failed when the report aired claims by one attendee of a community forum that it was, and I quote, a disgusting show of white supremacy. Initially, the ABC defended the story, stating the comments were accurately quoted, but have since amended the report and issued an apology acknowledging, and I quote, the report did not adequately cover the full context of the meeting or the range of perspectives expressed at it. So, Robbo... I find this very interesting because there's been a level of, how can I say, complete arrogance from the ABC regarding this. Their first statement on the 1st of February, 23, when all this started blowing up on Talkback, 
The ABC had reporters and crew inside and outside the community forum at the Alice Springs Convention Centre on Monday. Our report included interviews with attendees as they left the meeting. The comments were accurately quoted. And then on February 3, when it kept going, they did pull it back a bit, acknowledging maybe it was incomplete, but they did say the views of those interviewed who had attended the meeting were accurately reported and were clearly newsworthy. However, we acknowledge that on one report on AM was incomplete and did not adequately cover the full context of the meeting or the range of perspectives expressed to it. Robbo, the problem I have here is that the moment you criticise the ABC, their shutters come down and they act like the authority on what is right and wrong and chastises the media. And I have been on the receiving end of one of their whippings for daring to not tow the ABC line. The arrogance is outrageous when it comes to this stuff. They think they're beyond reproach or they've got this mentality that they're in the bunker and everyone hates the ABC. Just for the record, I do not hate the ABC. Go, Robbo, go couple of things. You've, you've already uh, gone against what your point was, <laughs> is that the fact that possibly uh, reporters on the ground have uh, made uh, a few wrong decisions and they, they've, you've accepted that. The ABC is the only uh, media outlet that really does try and get um, the idea of what people are thinking on this side or that side. When we're talking about... Not in this case. Well, you've asked for my opinion, though, so I'm going to keep. T- I'm going to keep trying to give it to you. Um, the ABC is the only media outlet that try and gets both sides of the story. It's as simple as that. Uh, there are no other media outlets in Australia that try and do exactly what the ABC does, and the ABC tries to get both the left and the right and present that to the audience. There is no other media organisation in Australia that does that, and I'll tell you why. It's all about commercial. It's all about money. It's all about getting to the audience. The ABC is the best media organisation that we have here that gets that organisation across. I've seen um, I've seen the grabs, I've seen the, uh, uh, the audio, I've seen the vision, uh, rather, of what happened uh, in that uh, Alice Springs uh, meeting. And, and they're the right ones to do it. Uh, there, there was a lot of really negative stuff uh, against coloured people in Australia. There, there's no doubt about that. You won't hear about that, that though. Yes, exactly right. You won't hear about that uh, in your News Corp. Um, you, you won't hear about but it in your commercial um, this is, this places. This is such bullshit, Robbo, that the ABC's... Uh, every 6pm news offers a balanced view of everything that happened. That reporter showed a one-sided story that had to be updated by the 7pm news because of the outrage and had to include both sides of the story. I think it's really disingenuous to say other journalists on commercial networks forget papers. Papers don't have to be fair. They editorialise. They have a slant. But the news services... They do I've have to be fair. i newsrooms no, no, across the country. No, 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 no. Do not have a slant on the news. Newspapers have to be fair. They're all under the... Uh, they actually don't. And while I disagree with that, they don't have to be fair. They take editorial views. They tell people who to vote for. They say the Telegraph is voting Liberal or, uh, you know, the Australians voting Labor. Papers 
have always been able to do that. There is nothing that says they have to be impartial. Look, look, my, I, I think the best thing that this country has is the ABC. The best way that we can get both sides of the story is the ABC. I will never, ever be moved by that. But I'm I, not even di- disagreeing with the purpose the ABC serves. It's the arrogance of putting out a press release basically admonishing people for daring to question what the ABC has done, which ended up being held up by David Anderson himself. He agreed that report was in, was was not impartial. I think you're applying a lot of tone to their press release. Yes, at first they did say, basically, we didn't do anything wrong. They've now revised it and said that they did. I didn't read their first press release as being a massive F you to everyone oh, who dares criticise them. I did. I tweeted them. about it that way. Yeah, but you apply a lot of tone to these sorts of things that isn't necessarily there. It's exactly and what they meant, Abby. Don't be so naive. I don't think it was. And also... I think, yes, sure, when you're interviewing a bunch of people who have come out of this massive forum, there should have been more views expressed. Fine. But I also think that the likes of Peter Dutton and everyone else who got all up in arms about this would have gotten up in arms about it regardless because of the comment itself. I promise you, I'm not even worried about that. And this is one report. I, I, I actually don't care. They made a mistake. That's fine. It's the way the and they've AB- admitted wrongdoing. Sure, it's, so then, so then it's fine. So why is everyone still panicking? No, they admitted wrongdoing when nobody accepted their piss poor release and pushed back. I think two things could be true at once. I think yes, they made a mistake in their initial reporting. I think the press release was an instinctive thing, and I think every network does it. I think it's a mistake to say that it's just an ABC problem. I'm not the, saying it's the just an ABC. I agree from with Every that. network is to yep. go, no, we're right, and you're wrong, and we've. support our people and then upon reflection they say actually we have to take a step back realize that we were incorrect redo the story put that on online and then that's the story that runs so i don't see this as a particularly um egregious mistake by the abc i don't find that their press release was particularly egregious it's what the networks do all of them it's a knee-jerk reaction is to say we're right you're wrong and then they have to sit back and go well crap now we've got to to be honest i think i have a problem with the abc press department because i just think in a lot of instances they and i've spoken to other journalists and anytime anything is written about the abc you'll get a snarky note saying that you're wrong and how dare you and it's just outrageous the but way they every act. network does that rob i've never seen a network I've never worked for a network that hasn't had their first response you know be what? um Correct. you know you're wrong and we're right that they, oh, they mate, i've, had, all the I've had plenty of fights with lots of pr people so when i'm telling you there is a problem within the abc but you've had the I'm, same problem at 10 i've had the same 100%. problem at 7 like, we're running out of networks to name. Like, it's it's across the board. I don't know that it's exclusively an ABC problem. Yep. The last <laughs> King of the Cross premiered last week, but you wouldn't be blamed if you didn't hear anything about it. The launch event attended by the show stars, Carl Sanderlands and other Australian celebrities, largely went unreported. The Daily Mail revealed that instead of engaging paparazzi agencies to cover the red carpet arrivals, Paramount took care of the photography themselves and only a small group of journalists were invited to interview the stars. In fact, a lot of Australian press weren't even aware the event was happening, which is surprising given the show is said to be one of the most expensive TV dramas ever produced in Australia with a budget of a rumoured $40 million. Abby, I've got to say, I am surprised by this. The article in the Daily Mail was very narky and they talked about the fact they Mm. got wind of it and turned up, were kept across the road, weren't allowed to come and shoot, take pictures of the stars. 
and that other media were sent photos of the event. It, it does mm-hmm. seem strange, but is this the new way of having control? Uh, uh, what's the objective here? It is a little odd. I will say, as you said, the Daily Mail article was very narky. I think it was a bit of a beat up on their end. I think from what I've seen in that article, the pictures, it didn't look like this massive event anyway. It looked like a fairly low key and exclusive thing. And I think, you know, if they had wanted it to be a massive draw card and a massive media event, they would have made it that. I don't know what their decision making is for it not being that, but I didn't, yeah, I think the Daily Mail's article was a little bit just, we hate Channel 10 and Channel 10 hate us and it was just a bit nasty but, for me. I but didn't considering like the Daily Mail is one of the biggest websites in the country, mm. it is weird that TV Tonight goes and can take photos, and I'm not mm. having a go at TV Tonight, by the way, fair play to them, mm. good on them, and good on David Knox. But what I'm saying is the Daily Mail... And news.com.au, for that matter, and, and, and News Corp, we're talking about some of the mm. biggest publishers in the world that weren't at this event. Mm. But I think the Daily Mail have been fairly, not fairly, very, I would say, very, very critical of Channel 10 in the past. And maybe 10 and Paramount didn't want their involvement. And that's okay. You don't automatically get a right to go to every single event if you then will turn around the next week and talk about how terrible the network is and all the things they're doing wrong. Why would you then expect an invitation? Dan, have you had much awareness? I mean, you are in the drama world, but do you think there's much awareness of The Last King of the Cross out there? No, I actually wasn't aware that it was premiering when it was until I saw the pictures online from social media from the people who attended the launch party. Um, I do find it actually a bit confounding that they didn't have every man and his dog there. Rob, you are correct. This is the most expensive Australian drama in television history at $4 million an episode for 10 episodes, $40 million. Uh, It is... I can't see a way that Paramount Plus actually makes a profit on that. So I can't understand why they are not throwing every single magazine masthead that they possibly can to get on that red carpet and spruik this show. Um, I was confounded by it. Having watched the first two episodes, I maybe am a little bit less confounded because uh, I don't know that it's worth $4 million <laughs> an episode. Oh, really? Maybe there was a little it's bit not, of... Um... It's not at all. So, yeah. Anyway, I haven't, I haven't seen it, so I, I can't comment. <laughs> but I am surprised that it just doesn't feel as though it's had the hype of something so big. Presumably, mm. it will come to 10 at some point, And yes. maybe they'll hype it more then, Robbo. They built King's Cross, which I love. You don't hear about this. They, they built a backlot of... You know, the street, which I thought was amazing. Mm. Why don't we know more about this? This is not 1985 where there are, you know, three commercial networks and the ABC. Not sure if I've said on this episode, love the ABC. But if, if there's three commercial... <laughs> so do I, by the way. I do But I'm just ABC. shocked that this is a local production and we are not going all out. Yeah, of course, Paramount Plus could put this on their international platform. Fine. Uh, and, and and people might look for it. But the audience is here. Why are we not saturating the mm. market mm. with the fact that, mm. you know, we, mm. we they, they got great press when they built that back lot um, of King's Cross. 
you, in my head, you know what you do? You'd get people like Carlotta. You'd get them there. You know, Queen of the Cross. You do all of this yeah. kind of press. Yeah. You, you, you'd get your Studio 10, obviously, mm. for Channel 10. You'd get your Studio 10 on the back lot. You do all of this stuff. But the Actually, problem yeah. is, and Network 10 has had a problem with this for a long time, they don't know how to promote themselves. So they can throw these fun parties, which we, we've all been to, mm. but... Mm-hmm. Anyone outside of that party doesn't know about that party. Why don't we see the reporter of Studio 10 on the back lot? Why don't we see Carlotta on the back lot? Why don't we yeah. see uh, all of these kind of things? But maybe, they, maybe Studio 10 has been to the back lot. I, I mean, I wouldn't know. I, I don't watch But you would Studio know, though, that Channel 10 doesn't know how to do no that kind does. of thing and hasn't done it for a long time. Well, you know what? There's a new PR team. Maybe things are changing. I, I don't know. Maybe there's a bigger play here. I I find it strange. You've got the Daily Mail literally oh, you would, you would scrambling give them, of course. to be able to cover this. Yeah. Mm. You know? The, the Daily Mail, this is great fodder for them. You would have had yeah. the splash, uh, the front page splash of the, uh, of the website. So I wonder mm. if there's a longer-term play of having something bigger sure. when it comes to 10. That's what happened with five bedrooms, even though they wouldn't commit to the fact that it would end up on 10. So maybe yeah, Paramount's having yeah. its moment and maybe 10 will a year down the track or something. I don't know. Coming up, where have all the TV stars gone? How far can Hollywood executives go in determining someone's weight? And we'll open the binge box to find out what everyone's been watching. 2 Hollywood stars have spoken out this week about the strict contracts they've been bound to throughout their careers. Rebel Wilson talked on the Call Her Daddy podcast about her time playing Fat Amy in the Pitch Perfect trilogy. I did wait until Pitch Perfect seemed like it was over. I couldn't you, I couldn't lose a massive amount of weight because um, I was in the contracts for that movie. You can't lose, I think it's more than, not more than 10 pounds or, That's a real or gain more than 10 pounds. Yeah, wow. you have to kind of stay at the weight. It's like in your contract. She also spoke about being pigeonholed and typecast as the fat, funny friend and wanting to improve her health for fertility reasons before famously losing almost 36 kilos. Selena Gomez spoke about her own struggles as a Disney star and the pressure to be a positive role model, including not being allowed to say, what the hell, in front of anyone. She described the industry as a beast and said it's really scary to see what happens when you're given so much power and money at a young age. Abby... I don't really see a problem with a contract for someone who's employed as a certain character, whether fat, thin, tall, short, to be told you can't change your appearance for this role. I don't agree with it because you're putting 
people's entertainment before other people's health. And I think that's where it goes too far. But I think we have enough options with prosthetics and CGI. There are so many movies and TV shows where the people look entirely different than they do in real life. And I just think we're living in a time now where that's fairly easy to do. And I don't think that we should be a putting pressure on people to either gain or lose weight it goes both ways some people have lost massive amounts of weight for tv and movie roles and I just think someone's health journey is none of our business really and I just don't agree that our own entertainment is more important than that but if you're being paid millions of dollars or even thousands of dollars whatever you're being paid to do a role that is based on your acting ability and your physique because physique mm. does come into the choosing of some characters and, you know, this role's meant to be a, a tall, dark, handsome man. This role's meant to be a short, fat, ugly person. You know, mm-hmm. like the fact is your appearance is part of the character you're playing and we have seen lots of actors lose a ton of weight, build up their muscles. You can't, mm. have, you can't have Thor played by a 20-pound weakling. Well, you could because it could be edited afterwards and that's fine. If you're comfortable with them doing that, that's fine. But then you also have to be comfortable with the consequences of that. And when they develop eating disorders and mental health issues and drug addictions, you have to be comfortable with that. But, but no, this is my thing. Um, I think about this all the time about famous people. No one's forcing them. You weren't born into it. It's not like you were uh, a royal in the 15th century. You have chosen, <laughs> you have fought for it. You want to be in it that's the industry that you want to be in. So uh, on a different occasion, uh, I couldn't cut my hair the way I wanted to or I couldn't um, have facial hair because I wanted to be a reporter. That were, They were the rules. But I think that's different. That's, some, that's not your health. Well, when but, you're forcing people to lo- lose or gain weight, that is but, affecting but their health. But don't be an actress then. Don't, don't do the roles. Don't. But, we want, but we as consumers want people in those roles. But you can't be so that. So if we say... But if you don't want to, if you don't want to lose weight or gain weight or whatever... You can't do it. Like no one's well, forcing you to be famous. To accept, but then we have to accept if we don't think that they have to do it, then we have to accept that maybe no one will do it. And so, are you fine with there then being no roles, people, no thought? There's no thought. People I'll always do you what, for for a couple of million. I'll do it. I'll put on as much weight. I'll even exercise if I have to. Let's go to the <laughs> industry insider. Who? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that's saying something, Dan. <laughs> You have Ah. been a drama executive. You've written lots and lots of television. So what's your thought about this issue? Look, it's pretty standard, to be honest. It's a pretty standard fare in a contract that if you have been cast in a role for a specific reason, um, then you are contractually obliged to maintain that appearance. You cannot cut your hair without permission. You cannot lose a certain amount of weight without permission if it's specific to the role. It's pretty standard fare. Just what we're talking about, Rebel, just very quickly. She got engaged in the last 24 hours. Congratulations. Um, Congratulations. Huge, Whee! lovely engagement at Disneyland. Um, yeah, it's, it's standard fare. I don't even think that Rebel particularly was complaining about it in the article that no. I read. She sort of accepted that that was, you know, what she'd signed up for and that was okay. But once she was released from that contract, she felt relieved that she was able to then move forward and explore other things. So it didn't seem to me that she had a huge problem with it um you know chrissy metz was had the same thing in her contract for um i'm going to forget the name of the show this is us um so it's pretty standard there um i don't think it's a huge issue as as the guys have pointed out abby i hear what you're saying but i think it's one of those things of if if you're not keen to stick with the parameters then don't sign the contract up front 
But I also think it has consequences for the audience as well. And so it's more than just the actors in that role, in my opinion. uh, How? When you're encouraging people to lose or gain weight and you're saying it's a really positive thing, that does have issues. I'm going and watching a movie. I'm watching... I'm watching mm-hmm. a movie, I'm seeing her in a role, I'm enjoying the role, I go home and I mm-hmm. forget about it. I'm not thinking twice but about was what big... she's going through to do that role or anyone. Well, a lot of people are. And there was a big story a few years ago for Dallas Buyers Club. Was it Jared Leto yeah, in that role who yeah. lost all and that weight for that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. And was massively praised, was like, oh, my God, amazing, his commitment to this role to lose all of this weight. That's a really damaging narrative to put out there. But Kim Kardashian, Kardashians, all the Kardashians do the same thing to women yeah. across the... But you love the Kardashians. I do, but I can also acknowledge that, like, Kim Kardashian losing all that weight to fit into the Marilyn Monroe dress was really damaging. But also, isn't that a different scenario to Rebel being asked to maintain her weight and maintain the features that she had when she was cast as opposed to being asked for the role to lose an extreme amount of weight or gain an extreme amount of weight? All she's being asked is to maintain where she was when she got the role. Yeah, possibly. But then when she lost all of that weight, same different industry, but when Adele lost all of that weight, they're then accused of, oh, selling out and they're just trying to fit in with Hollywood standards and stuff. Someone's health journey is really none of our business. That's not true. Because when they are in the public eye, their looks and appearances, that's that's part of their trade. That's what they trade off. And, and I'll tell you something. I don't think Rebel Wilson's going to get many roles. And if she does get roles, I don't think audiences are going to turn up because we have liked her as Fat Amy and as the chubby girl in all these movies. Do I'm not particularly interested in Rebel, Rebel Wilson. Um, there might be some amazing breakout performance, you know, and, and fair play, and maybe I'll completely go back on what I'm saying now. But... There is something as an audience member that is weird whenever these, you know, bigger girls or bigger men go through these weight loss journeys because they're suddenly famous and they've lost, they actually lose their relatability. I think that's a problem with some... That's that's a wider issue with misogyny, particularly in society, but... My point, my point is that your entertainment... because I like characters that I've grown fond of. Your entertainment is not more important than Rebel Wilson being able to, like, have children and things like that. That's fine. Just don't take those roles. Like, I don't understand how that's misogynist. Is everything misogynist? I'm an audience person who likes Rebel mm. Wilson in a role or or someone mm-hmm. else, and you're now calling me a misogynist because I'm not I calling you think... a miso- I'm you not did. calling you a misogynist. I didn't. I said there's a lot of internalised misogyny in society, and there is. When you're judging a woman on her... Like, when a woman's likability is determined and judged on her body, that is internalised misogyny. Yeah, because no woman has ever sold her appearance. Why do they wear low-cut dresses to the Oscars and all that kind of shit? It's a double standard and it's bullshit. That's not... That's bullshit. You can't trade off it and then say it's misogyny because you're judging me on my appearance. I'm saying you're judging whether you like someone based on whether they're fat or thin. I like the roles she has played and her roles have embodied her body. And that's been part of her performance. That's all I'm saying. It's not misogyny. It's an audience who've grown to like an actress based upon what she's done. She, As I said, she might come out and do something completely different. George of the Jungle, um, Brendan Fraser has come out and he's getting so much acclaim 
for the whale that he just did, which is very different to his George of the Jungle days and, and the mummy, and fair play to him. But Will audiences go and see Rebel Wilson? Whether you agree with it or not, it is the realities of working in Hollywood or on television or on the screen, and it is the reason why these people get paid millions of dollars because they draw crowds. Then you just have to be comfortable with the consequences of it. I feel like that discussion's kind of evolved into something completely different. The initial issue here was within the construct of her, um, what was it called, the Pitch Perfect movies. Um, Pitch yeah, within the, yeah. the construct of those three films, she was asked to not lose weight from where she was originally cast. I think all of the other points are valid mm-hmm. um, above and beyond that, but within the context of just that film um, franchise, uh, I think it's a different scenario. Yeah, and I understand it is very normal, but it also doesn't mean that it's above criticism sure. just because that's the way it's always yeah. been done. Oh, nothing's above criticism. Uh we certainly hold that true at TV Black Box. One little point I will certainly make about Selena Gomez, as someone who has worked for Disney, I once got given a list of the words that can never be said on Disney. And I mean every word that could not be said on Disney. I blushed, I learnt some things, and I needed a Bex and a good lie down after that, <laughs> let me tell you. Well, what were some of the words? Well, everything you can imagine and then some. Surely they let you say fuck. <laughs> On Disney. <laughs> they didn't. What? <laughs> All right. Now, here's an interesting one because there are many differences in the TV landscape now compared to the 80s, and one of those is the network's investment in its stars. A former executive spoke to the Daily Telegraph about one of Kerry Packer's mantras being, there's only 10 good stars on television. Should I try and do There's only 10 good stars on television. <laughs> <laughs> there's only 10 good stars on television at any one time. Make sure you've got eight of them. During Packer's reign, there was Graham Kennedy, Burt Newton, Yana Vent, Ray Martin, just to name a few. But in 2023, Annette Sharp has asked the question, where have all the TV stars gone? Hamish Blank, Sonia Kruger, Koshy were named as the next best thing, but declining ratings and reality TV's focus on non-celebrities seems to have put the days of the big stars in the past. Robbo, we know you're a fan of the glory days of television in Australia. Why don't we have 10 big names anymore? I'm going to go to uh, a very dear friend and a big fan of TV Black Box, uh, Quentin Tarantino. Um, He talks about the fact (laughs) that, um, especially with Marvel movies, you don't know the names of the stars, but you know the names of the characters. That is where we are now. That's what it is. Um, The Nine Network has no stars because their stars end when maths ends. So I hate hearing... Who? Scott Cam, host of The Block, (laughs) one of the biggest shows on TV. Shelley Craft, but not anymore though. Where yeah, are they? Where Where are they on the front covers of actual magazines? Where are they big stuff? They're, the they're, they're not there. Yeah, great. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying though. The, the same with Seven. Um, you know, you only get stars now in the rotation of the shows that are on there. They just don't exist mm. anymore. It's the same as um, the Marvel characters. Uh, you don't know the actors. You know the characters, and that's the big thing. Um, and, and Nine was always the best out of all the networks nine was the best having stars you knew that we we don't even do promos anymore where it's the christmas promo or the summer promo we have all the stars coming to me too where all the stars come together we don't have them anymore nine was the best one nine was the mgm of australian television and we don't have that anymore and that is the problem because we don't create stars anymore 
I don't know anyone who's on uh, Home and Away. I, I, I know mm. Alf. Um, with with neighbours, we know, uh, you know, Carl and um, the other... Susan and Tony. Yeah. Stephen no. Dennis. No. Yeah. We know Carl and Susan and, and Tony and things like that, but we don't know stars anymore. When I mm. grew up, you knew most of the roster on Home and Away and mm. Neighbours. We knew them. They were mm. they were stars. They were on Celebrity Wheel of Fortune. They were... There are no yeah. celebrities or stars on Australian television. And I don't want to cry again because I cried last week because Australian television doesn't <laughs> exist anymore. So we're saying... But is that because you, we, we, we're not watching TV the way we used to? Of course you know? it is. But I hated when I saw a video today from the Daily Mail where they called someone um, a maths star. No, they're a frigging contestant. I remember when Jan Event was a star. Steve Vizard was a star. Agro, we had a fucking puppet, for Christ's sake, as a star on Australian television. Now we've got fucking Muppets, and not in the good way, the Jim Henson way, but the dickhead ways, that we've got on fucking maths all the time. Sorry to swear, beep it all out. It makes me angry. And this is where the stars have gone, Annette. Um, but I'm also available if you need me. <laughs> Dan, have you got anything to throw on that one? We... It's it's not the Star Factory like it used to be. It is not, and I think the, one of the quotes from the article that we're referring to was from former Channel Seven executive Glenn King, and he said, um, "With these programs, the format is bigger." than the host and that is the issue now mm. these formats are not reliant on the personality fronting them Correct. survivor is one of the best formats in the world our okay. australian version is fantastic the fact that jonathan jonathan the parlor is hosting it he does a sensational job but he could be replaced by anyone and the format would still survive mm. um the same as Amer australian idol any of the shows none of them are reliant on the star anymore back in the day hey hey saturday would not have been on the air had it not been for daryl like Correct. he was inextricably linked yeah. to the brand. Um, Bert, when he had uh, Australia's... Uh, Good Morning Australia, um, he was inextricably linked to that brand. As soon as he left, it fell apart. They, they just don't exist anymore, those people. Hamish Blake, although he's number one on the list, could leave Lego Masters and the show would continue. These Correct. people are not... You know, mm. important to the brand. Um, the shows are bigger than them, and I think that's the problem. We're not creating shows around personalities anymore like we used to. And people well, let's like, talk about. I think Lego Masters is created a bit around Hamish. But, let's be honest. Mm, I, I don't, don't think that's that. a good example. Well, I don't agree with that. that show. Yeah, anyone could host that show. The same thing mm. is um, name someone right now, and uh, this might backfire. Who are the <laughs> experts on maths? Why are they not stars? John Aiken. But they're not stars. No, they're not. Yeah. I only know that because I've But they've been it. there. Mel Schilling. They're, but they... I don't know who that is. They, <laughs> they're, they're not, not stars. But, but they've right. been yeah, there. For, so I agree with Dan. That's a great example of trying to create stars. No one could name one of them. And if you turned them out and got new ones, no one would bloody know. Mm. And that's, Which they did last season. That's yeah. sad. Um, I agree with what you said, though, especially about scripted television. We used to have a situation in this country where the stars of scripted television were household names. Like you would yes. say to someone, if you walk mm. down the street, do you know who Kate Ritchie is? Do you know who Beck Cartwright mm. is? Do you know who Isla Robbo Fisher is? is? Who, who Robbo is, naturally. Thank and um, people would say, <laughs> yes, I do. If I said to you now, who is Jackie Purvis? Who is Emily Rear? Nah. You would have no mm. idea, right? They're the leading yeah. ladies of Home and Away now. The way shows are promoted is different. They are not, yeah, they are not personality led. They are character and story led. Um, and mm. there's, there's so many factors going into it. I could go on forever. But yeah, it's a very different landscape. And I think. But maybe that's okay. 
Well, not, I don't know that it working. is, Rob, because people are less emotionally connected to the programs they're yeah. watching and are more willing to watch them on catch-up or watch them in six months' time. If you have programs mm. that you're emotionally, emotionally connected to, then you necessarily want to watch them as they go to wear. And I your agree. overnight ratings go up and your yep. advertising revenue goes up. And yep. I think networks have just thrown in the towel really and are using the excuse of well p- people watch it on streaming it doesn't matter to justify the fact that they're not getting good ratings overnight and they could be all right let's go into the tv binge box and find out what everybody has been watching robo let's start with you so i'm a little bit late to the party as i usually am because i'm not cool <laughs> but i'm you know i'm fun i'm hip you know kind of um i've been watching feud betty and joan oh my goodness it's about um I was going to say Betty White. <laughs> not right. oh, that could be about her and yeah, Bea Arthur. That's right. That should be the next thing. I hope Ryan Murphy is listening because that's the next one. So um, every time I mention that those two people, I've got to mention the fact Bea Arthur, before every record of the, the Golden poop. Girls, used to break into Betty White's uh, dressing, dressing room. room and do a shit in her toilet and not flush it. Yeah. Um, anyway, great story there as well. <laughs> Um, no, True um, story, Dan. True story. I have this book. It's not in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want that book. Dan just tells up a Golden Girls book. That's on Disney Plus. It is fantastic. Um, it's about that great rivalry between those two massive stars. It is brilliant. You need to watch it. I, I can't get enough. I'm staying up later than I should to watch it. Oh, okay. Abby, what have you been watching? Um, I've still really been loving maths. I am a little disappointed by some of the revelations that have come out in the last couple of weeks about, like, couples knowing each other beforehand and things like that. I Like, I understand it's a reality show and it's very highly edited, but things that are that faked yeah. do kind of make me lose a little bit of investment. Yeah. It ruins the viewing yeah. experience, doesn't it? Yep. It does. It does. Uh, but I've, st- I've still been enjoying it in saying that. Um, the other one I watched the first episode of today is called Dear Edward, and it's on Apple TV+. Plus. It's a new drama based on a book and, I believe, a true story about the sole survivor of a plane crash. So I think he was, like, 11 years old or something like that, and wow. his whole family and everyone else on the plane died. Um, the first episode is very much just still setting it up and kind of learning all the backstories of the other passengers and their loved ones and things like that. But the trailer looked really good. Um, I initially was drawn to it because... Um, Lizzie McAlpine sings the theme song and I love her so she released a new song for this and so that's what got me drawn in initially um, it's okay it suffers a bit I think from having the main character be a kid in that like the acting isn't super great but it's it's bearable um, and interested enough to keep going with it so yeah it's funny every time I hear Apple TV plus I always think poor Apple couldn't get ITV because it already existed in England for years and years mm. and years. Um, I've been watching, well, I watched one episode. I watched most of an episode of oh. Kunk on Earth on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Talk about the biggest load of shit I have watched in a long time, and I've watched oh. that 90s show recently. I mean, seriously, this is just... I'm surprised. I thought you'd like this humour. There are moments. Here's the problem. It's a mockumentary, which is fine. Yeah. Hmm. But the problem is you it becomes hard to distinguish the fact from the fiction. Yeah. Especially if you're watching it with your kids and you think, oh, they could learn something along the way, it'll be a bit funny. Um 
but <laughs> every interview she does is just try hard. It's not even clever. It's not funny. Yes, it's awkward, which is what she's going for. Is it's this just the lady not from funny. Afterlife? Yes, yes. I thought it was oh, hilarious. I, I loved it. So, oh, Dan, yeah. I want to ask you this. So, I've seen clips a lot on TikTok or Facebook or whatever like that. Mm. So, I've enjoyed these clips. But when I see mm. too many of them, I think, oh, I'm not, which is, I think, what Rob's saying. Your it's thoughts a funny then. Two minute clip. Your thoughts then, Dan, you think the whole episodes are funny. So, I set out thinking I won't like this because I like her humor, but I like it in small doses. And I thought a full 30 minute episode is going to bore me to tears. I'm not going to enjoy this across five half hours. But right. I was pleasantly surprised. I found that recurring jokes, once you get into episode two and three, there were callbacks to the first episode. The jokes were kind of, you know, used again. It was kind of a nice narrative. I enjoyed mm. it. I laughed out loud a lot, actually. Yeah, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't perfect, but yeah. I'm kind of with Rob. I've loved little clips. My whole yeah. family walked out. We didn't get to the end. Yeah. Certainly don't treat it as a history lesson, please. <laughs> you know, <laughs> usually, usually there's grains of, you know, like she visits all these cool places like Pompeii and there's things to be learned and you see some, you see some really interesting things and then she'll, I don't know, I, I, just, I just think it's a waste of time, to be honest. Anyway, my other one that I know a lot of people have been talking oh, about, sorry, but I've I finally thought, I, I thought gotten Malk, around to watching it. I didn't know that Malk was on this episode, but go on. You've got another four shows I've here. only had one. Yeah, I know. I'm joking. I'm joking. It's a throwback <laughs> for the listeners. Oh. <laughs> you should go and write for Kunk on Earth. Um, <laughs> Thank you, pardon. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. The other one is on Disney+, Plus and Only Murders in the Building. What Ooh. a great show. A Steve Martin, oh, Martin Short and Selena Gomez. Oh, she God. is brilliant in this, playing mm-hmm. off against those two who have a long history of working with each other. I just think this is pitch perfect. There has not been a scene I have not enjoyed. There has not been a moment. I'm about three episodes in, I think, and I'm really, really just loving it. I'm absolutely with you on this one, Rob. Robbo, you look disgusted. How many yeah. screens? Were you, were you actually watching your phone? Were you playing Candy Crush? No, or you were no, actually, I'm, I'm one this screening This is a it. terrible show. It's so Don't, clever. It's so funny. Oh, I love it. Actually, Robbo, I'm I'm half screening it. Sometimes, you know me, I never watch it. I, well, I just thought I need to be honest because when I say I've put the second screen down, it's a big deal. Like Last of Us is a second screen down, right? But Only Murders in the Building, it's a... A little, oh, that's caught my eye. I'll put the screen down for a bit and then I go back. Oh, that's caught my eye. I do find myself putting the second screen down quite a bit. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. All right. I don't know what that means, but Dan. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What have you been watching? I've got three shows to mention very quickly on Netflix. The first is a film, All Quiet on the Western Front. (laughs) Well, we're getting three. (gasps) All Quiet on the Western Front, which won the BAFTA today (laughs) for Best Film. I don't think it will win the Oscar, but it should. It's an extraordinary film. If you haven't seen it, you absolutely must watch it. It's in German. Is that on Netflix? It's on Netflix. It's it's the remake, obviously, of the previous version of All Quiet on the Western yep. Front. Um, I have never seen such an accurate, realistic portrayal of war. It is confronting, but it's oh, beautifully awesome. beautiful. Did you did yeah. you see? Was it called Nineteen Fourteen? Where it was. Supposedly oh, yeah, all mm. one shot, but they did mm, it. Mm. It was all trickery. Mm. That that was quite phenomenal as a film. That was extraordinary. I loved that film. This eclipses it. <laughs> yeah. What have I said? Uh, it's not <laughs> for the episode. I want to watch this. Tomfoolery. Dan, I want to watch this. I've heard great things about this show. Hang on. What 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 was what were you girls laughing at? 
<laughs> Grandpa saying trickery. Of, yeah. yeah. The- <laughs> <laughs> Not you, Dan. It was Grandpa talk- saying trickery. I've heard about this, Dan. I want to watch it. Everyone who has seen it says it's yeah, amazing. Yeah, you must. It's, it's, yeah, really extraordinary. So get onto that one on Netflix. The fourth season of You has dropped. Um, this is the Penn Badgley series mm. where he plays someone who falls desperately in love and then proceeds to murder people who he loves. Um, the fourth season is completely oh. different. It is set in England as opposed to mm. the US. Um, and this time it's a whodunit. So someone is stalking Joe and it's all about Joe trying to figure out who is the killer and who's stalking him. It's a very different show. I loved it much more than the first three seasons. Get onto that one. The first half of season four has dropped. The second half coming in a couple of months. And finally... If- Can I give an interesting tidbit Please. on that? So Penn Badgley, who is the um, lead role in that as Joe, actually, so the first three seasons were very much focused around, like, romance and his love life and things like that. And so was his previous big role in Gossip Girl. So he intentionally said that he wanted to shift away from that and he didn't want to be known as, like, a romance actor anymore. Right. So that's why they've made the fourth season completely different. But that's really yeah. interesting because even the scenes where he's got a love interest in this show, but they never show them kissing. They're always, like, mm. close, hot and heavy petting, but they never actually kiss. That's really interesting. Oh, um, he has a no-kissing clause. No-kissing clause. Finally, if you're into trash television like me, if you just need to escape, uh, Perfect Match launched on Netflix last week. Not to be confused oh, with... Not to be confused <laughs> this with... Isn't Greg the Evans. Australian <laughs> Perfect Match. This is about um, stars from different... Netflix reality shows who are single coming together to live in a house to pair up and bonk each other and do challenges and whoever is not paired up at the end of each episode gets the boot. It is every bit as trashy and pathetic as you knew it to be. Um, It is wonderful television. Four episodes has dropped, just like the Avengers, Abby. Four episodes have dropped. Four new episodes every Tuesday, total of 12. Look, if you want some mindless television, get on board. It's just ridiculous and fun. Loved it. Is Dexter back? You have a compatibility score of 82%. <laughs> no. Nick Lachey is hosting it, though. He does, he does present a little bit like Destu, which is a little bit yeah. <laughs> I guess in some ways, yeah. yes. Oh, that was the best. Oh, Dan, thank you very much. And don't forget, Mulk has brought back the TV binge box, so if you want a few more recommendations and have Mulk talk at you for 20, 30 minutes, go to TV binge box. <laughs> <laughs> He won't have listened this far. Uh, <laughs> at, least I can, at least I can say I plugged it, Mulk, and I threw in a little bit of <laughs> jibbery as well. That brings us to the end of TV Black Box for another week. Abby and Robbo, thank you very much for being here. Dan Bennett, it's been so good to have you back. Please yeah, love you back. Thank soon, you for having so. me. Well done, Dan. Cheers. And uh, I look forward to TV Black Box having that exclusive about you your brand new project. You will absolutely have the exclusive, Rob. Well, you know it's where people in the industry go to get their news, news. tvblackbox.com.au. Thank you very much. We will see you next week for TV Black Box. Thank you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 